Welcome, my friends, to a special Ash Wednesday edition of the Redheaded Preacher podcast. This was uh, not confirmed we were going to do this when I last spoke with you all on Sunday, February 11th. But I did record the scriptures and the homily at the morning service. And apparently, though the sound quality could have been muffled, it turned out to be fine. So we're going forward. The scriptures are normal for Ash Wednesday, among the normal ones, or regularly prescribed. Uh, the first one is Psalm 51. Verses 1 through 17, just minus the last verse or two. And the epistle lesson, there is no gospel uh, that was chosen. The epistle reading is from 2 Corinthians. And I'll announce what that is uh, because I'm the lector. So you'll hear me announce the verse, chapter and verses for that. This, uh, in terms of the process I went through, in preparing this message, I really explained that in the in the uh, homily itself pretty early on. And so that kind of takes care of something I might go over in the intro or the outro. Um, and if it sounds a little odd about what I'm talking about on death and dying, um, I will be concluding my pastoral career at the end of June. Uh, by my own choice and by the leading of God. So that's what that's in reference to. If you're left going, what what's he talking about? Um, I will be retiring at the end of June. So I, I think I need to preach about that periodically because um, I have some responsibility to help lead the congregation and myself through, uh, through the process. But it's also, it's Ash Wednesday, you know, we're, we're talking about dealing with our sin. And uh, we might go through some of those same stages. So that's, that's the background to the Ash Wednesday homily. And um, I'm going to stop saying um and uh, offer up a brief prayer. Holy One, you are majestic and mysterious beyond our ability to comprehend. You have sent us in Holy Writ and in your prophets' warnings because you love us. So we might be corrected by you with our cooperation most of the time and turn and return to you and receive the good news once again of mercy and forgiveness and transformation. This May we find this, may we find you, may we hear you speaking to us through the scriptures and through the message, and may your Holy Spirit lead us to the response you want us to have. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. And now, Ash Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. We have two readings for our Ash Wednesday service. They are traditionally read on Ash Wednesday. Uh, one is Psalm 51, and the, the uh, script above it is helpful. A Psalm of David, when the prophet Nathan came to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. So David is responding to what Nathan said. 
Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. This ends the reading from Psalm 51. The second reading is from the letter of Paul, one of the letters of Paul, to the church in Corinth, beginning at the second half of chapter 5, verse 20, and 10 verses in to chapter 6. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, at an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors, and yet are true, as unknown, and yet are well known as dying, and behold, we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor 
yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. Imagine, it's the receiving line after Christmas Eve worship. How do we greet one another? Merry Christmas. It's Easter Sunday, the service is over, and we may be going through the receiving line, or we may just be with family and friends later in the day. Same question, how do we greet one another? Answer, happy Easter. Happy. Happy birthday. Happy anniversary. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy fourth. Happy Thanksgiving. You and I have been there. Happy, happy, happy. Now, Memorial Day is probably a rare exception. And today, what can we say on Ash Wednesday? Happy ashes? Blessed repentance? Merry meditation on mortality? What is there happy about this day? And if the honest answer seems to be nothing, well, that's okay, isn't it? Because the truth is not always happy. Claiming our sin and our eventual death or mortality is not something we celebrate, not normally anyway. But Ash Wednesday beckons you and me and the church and even parts of the world where the faith is practiced as a minority faith, it, we are beckoned to look inside at how we have fallen, to admit to our defects of orientation, shortcomings of character, our sin, and also our mortality, hence the ashes. If we have forgotten, we do combine the two, sin and death, because Scripture teaches, in one part, that it was through sin death came into the world. Adam and Eve did not make it round to the tree of life in the garden, which was also in the garden in which they had permission to eat. There was just that one tree. But they didn't get that far to the tree of life. It returns in the prophet Ezekiel and then most appropriately in Revelation 21 and 22. Now the ashes stand for death, as in ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But they also bring to mind sorrow over the sins we have committed or the good things we have not done. People in the Bible repented or returned to God in sadness, wearing sackcloth and sitting in ashes. Ash Wednesday calls you and me to look inside and realize that, yes, we have missed the mark as regards God's will for our lives. There's a separation between us and God. Without without turning away from the sin, the power that sin has in our lives, without turning back towards the God we love and the God who loves us, death awaits. Spiritual death. No one likes this. We are proud creatures, and we get mad when someone else calls us out, even if it's God. But Ash Wednesday does speak the truth, that we'd better listen and take some positive action. Receiving ashes in the sign of the cross is a symbol of that confession and coming clean, that we've engaged in some rigorous and thorough honesty. Yet that does not equate to us 
giving that does not equate to giving us reason yet anyway to say happy ashes at the end of the worship service we've admitted to it we've made a start perhaps the journey may give us a reason though to say happy ashes last week i started reading elizabeth kubler ross's seminal book on death and dying i started reading it because it was referenced in something else I was reading, guiding pastors in good, healthy ways to leave their congregations. It can be a helpful way for both the departing pastor and the congregation to understand and go through their own dying and death of that unique, special relationship. It's a journey you and I will travel, and Kubler-Ross's book can provide us help along our journey. I trust. That's why I finally started reading it. And some of you may have read the book, or, more, or some of you have heard it invoked enough that you remember the states or the stages of death and dying for the patient. They don't, so it starts with denial. The second stage is anger, then bargaining, depression, acceptance. Dr. Ross always said that they do not have to be experienced in that order. It's not carved in stone. I'm sure I'll mention them and the book again on some Sunday or Sundays as they pertain to our sojourn. Tonight, though, or today, my other reason for mentioning the book is to aptly apply it to you and me as we go through Ash Wednesday, if not all of Lent. Denial. How many times do you and I react with a kind of no, not me, when confronted with a mistake that we usually point out in others, but we cannot believe that we've made it also? A big thing for me was to realize that though, although I never want to hurt people, especially not intentionally, I have and I can. When presented with that in a way I couldn't deny, I wanted to deny it. I do not want to believe that about myself. Denial. Anger can come when we realize the call out on us is true. We can get mad at the person or God who's pointing out a sin of omission, things that God wanted us to do that we didn't do, or of commission. But as we get older and sometimes more sensitive, we're more likely to get angry at ourselves. How could I have given in to that temptation? How could I have said that? I thought I had left that behavior behind. Stupid me. But anger can be directed at God. If we love what God is telling us to stop doing or start saying no to, we can resent the God who does not share our feelings and thoughts about whatever it is that's still coming between us and the holy. And persons dying can surely also be angry at God, even if they're not sure they believe God exists. At some point, there's bargaining at the third stage, or as the third stage. Perhaps we propose a bargain with God to stave off our mortality a few more years, or that of our loved one, or a pet, or at least stave off some threatened 
discipline that might come our way because of something we've done wrong. God, if you let me live, or if you let this character defect go without having been you know, disciplined, uh, I promise I'll give $1,000 to the church, the church of your choice, every year. If you get me out of this mess, I'll quit gambling forever. You get the idea. Bargaining. I think it's built into the Western psyche that somehow we think we have to give something to God in order to get something from God, which is the opposite of grace. That's not how grace works. Bargaining, though, doesn't think about grace. I hope we do when we make our journey together and separately. Then bargaining will be short, and Kubler-Ross wrote in her book that it should be a brief stage. The fourth stage in death and dying, which can also be our stages in Ash Wednesday, is depression. Bargaining does not do the job. Now what? What's the way out? The way of feeling odd or at odds with God or somebody else. The way out of being depressed. What's the way out of feeling really cruddy or still angry and in denial? Depression rarely sees a way out. That's one reason why it is so hard to live with and why some of its sufferers come to believe that the only way out of repression is the final solution. I shared with you, some of you, some time ago, of a time I was feeling distant from God. No death or dying involved here. But I realized that I had some accumulated, unconfessed sin. I spent some time, spent some time, in silent confession, not rushing it, or, you know what it is, God, I'm really sorry, amen. And my depressed feelings, my sense of alienation from God lifted. Maybe you experienced some depression on Ash Wednesday in facing the sometimes complicated realm of things we ought not to have done or said and things we should have done or said but didn't. What's the way out if not denial and anger and bargaining? Depression offers no way out except the feeling of helplessness and hopelessness, and those aren't ways out. A friend of mine once said he experienced spiritual healing and revived mental health when he had, as he called it, the gift of desperation. God met him there when he was desperate. The gift of desperation that he had allowed God to come in and offer God's help. He was desperate for this, for anything, and if this is what was coming, he would receive it, he'd accept it. And since that seemed to be the only opening for God to come in and be accepted as a merciful, renewing God, he called that desperation that let God in a gift. And you may know the phrase like hitting someone's bottom so that person is willing to take any kind of help. Some people are alive today because they hit their bottom in whatever form. They truly were desperate, and God was let in. It's also been pointed out that the three first letters in the phrase gift of desperation, G-O-D, spell God. The final stage for Kubler-Ross's stages is acceptance. Remembering our God, our Jesus, is a God of grace and forgiveness, is a life changer and a life saver. Calling it acceptance almost sounds weak, 
For in the faith, one would hope it's joyful acceptance. Our depression related to God is lifted, even if we need to stay on medication for depression related to brain chemistry. Our bargaining has no point. Our anger is met with God's healing embrace, and we cannot accept God's forgiveness if we remain in denial about our need for forgiveness. I thought about the thief on the cross. He probably did not hear Jesus preach or teach a lesson. We do not know if he ever saw Jesus heal someone or feed a crowd. We do know, however, that he accepted Jesus as righteous and going to a heavenly kingdom. He called it your kingdom to Jesus. And this spoke to Jesus who said, today you will be with me in paradise. The thief showed acceptance of his fate and of the powerful love of Jesus. In closing, do you and I hear God's words warning us to turn away from our sins, work through any denial or anger or bargaining or depression, and at last accept God's grace to start again? Does this acceptance by both God and by us give new life to our souls? If we make it through this time we're in and find ourselves accepting the grace of God, well then we can find a way, can't we, to actually greet each other later with the ironic and odd phrase, happy ashes. For the journey starts in the ashes and ends, comes to a joyful end, to quote an old hymn. You know, after the sermon was preached, I still can't really bring myself to say happy ashes. Despite my making room for it at the end of the message, I don't know how you feel about that, but it, it, it almost, it sounds forced in a way, but uh, I'll still stand by what I preached. I'm just not sure for myself that I'm up to doing that. Um, because it almost seems like you'd have to preach the sermon to, <laughs> to explain why you're saying something that nobody says. So I, I thank you for tuning in to this special edition that you were not expecting and we were not expecting exactly here at St. Peter's UCC in Skokie. Uh, and by the way, I didn't mention the title of the message. I, maybe that's part of the web text. Uh, but it, that it was, is, this sermon title is Happy Ashes, question mark. I hope you found meaning and uh, a faith uplift in this message. And as always, I ask of God that God bless you and God bless your week. Again, blessings upon you. Amen. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to the Redheaded Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen 
to our podcast. Thank you so much 